Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love, linked in the show notes. And so this whole idea of falling in love with the problem, falling in love with the customer, and that really your business model is your product and your solution is just one part of it. And I think when founders really get that, that's a big breakthrough. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Today's We Are LA Tech shout out goes to Dave Whelan. Dave, thank you so much for supporting and cheering on the We Are LA Tech community and podcast. Be sure to say hello to Dave on social on LinkedIn, D-A-V-E, last name W-H-E-L-A-N. He is just so cool building Rebel Labs. Rebel Labs is a leading science-based revolution in wellness arena encompassing mind, body, and spirit. They are teaching us how to build a healthy life and providing building blocks of knowledge from food to fitness. And oh my God, are they amazing. Tell me you found them via We Are LA Tech. Join thousands of people in LA Tech on our We Are LA Tech Facebook group where you can discover events, job opportunities, and even housing. Go to wearelatech.com slash community. We'll take you straight there. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Lately, I've been using uh, a new tech company called Levels, which is really cool to track my glucose. I don't know what's going to happen yet. It's something I've never done before, but I will tell you it's very interesting to have a thing permanently, not permanently, semi-permanent on my arm, almost like a robot, and I just scan myself all day long and see how my body's reacting to food. So I'm a binge eater. (laughs) And yesterday I just had a craving for stuff and I went over to Trader Joe's and bought some things and I had great energy throughout the day. And then when I bought my, you know, my sugary things, like I wanted to crash by 7.38 p.m. And I looked and it was definitely like, and okay, yes, I know this is no surprise because the whole thing of like a a sugar crash and this kind of stuff. But I still thought it was interesting how I had, you know, really even kill energy throughout the day. And then all of a sudden, I just wanted to go to sleep immediately. And it wasn't like a good feeling like, oh, I feel relaxed. I want to go to sleep. It was like, oh, gosh, like, I just felt like I couldn't do even one more thing. And there were things that I wanted to take care of. So I think it's interesting levels. And I want to see what ends up happening. Let me know if you've tried levels before and what you think of it and what you learned about your body. All right. Enjoy the next episode. Welcome back to the We Are LA Tech podcast spotlighting LA tech companies and talent. So excited for our next guest, George from Glendale. Welcome to the show. Hello. Woohoo! There we go. Hey, how's it going? 
It's going. I'm so excited to have you here and talk about Untapped. First off, why don't you kick it off and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, definitely. So again, George Bandarian, uh, like you, uh, a native Angelino, born and raised, you know, originally born in Hollywood, uh, raised in Glendale, uh, went to USC. Yeah, I'm now the uh, founder and GP at Untapped Ventures. We're a micro pre-seed venture fund here in LA focused on the future of work and the B2B, and we can get into more about what we do, but we're also a venture studio and we can talk more about that. Uh, but yeah, that's a little bit about me and kind of what I do today as far as a quick bio. I'm happy to dive back in and uh, peel back all layers of anything you may want to cover today, Esprit. I actually would love to dive into the LA tech investing community and what your perspective is, because what I've heard around the block is LA is on its way, but it's not there yet. And it's something that our our ecosystem really needs. We need a strong venture capital community and everyone even in LA still looks to Silicon Valley. What is your perspective on what we could do to make LA a really strong startup ecosystem? I think that's a great question. Um, first, if we just look at the stats, right? Uh, if we look at LA or greater LA, even maybe SoCal, it is in the top three, only behind Silicon Valley and uh, New York uh, in the US. And even if we go out globally, it's still in the top five or six um, globally. So I think we're there, we've arrived. We're one of the leaders, both uh, domestically and globally. But I do think that there's some misconceptions. I think people think that it's primarily kind of entertainment and media or B2C, you know, D2C, direct to consumer. And we've had a lot of those wins, but there's a lot of great B2B as well. And, and so that's, that's kind of more the area that we play in. I think that's one misconception. I think the other misconception is that it's all about Silicon Beach and which I love Silicon Beach, but there's so much more that started happening east of the 405, not just downtown LA, but you know, even when you go up north to like where I'm at in Glendale and we have a few unicorns just in Glendale and Pasadena, Burbank and the Valley in general. So it's really exciting. It's an exciting time to be in LA, to be in uh, the parts of LA that, that we are located in. Of, of course, we, we, we work with founders all over, not just SoCal, but even across the US that, that meet our criteria. I think LA is a great ecosystem and there's a lot happening and it's a really exciting time to be here. I love that you're representing Glendale. One, I heard the city of Glendale is really supportive of the startup economy. And I would love to talk about like what Untapped is doing for the community too. So first, let's talk about the city of Glendale. Why is Glendale a place that should not be slept on? Yeah, so so Glendale has just lately, well, you had LegalZoom and then you had um, uh, Age of Learning, which is the ABC Mouse, uh, a lot of the, the kids' education um, company, and then Service Titan, right, that completely uh, is revolutionizing the home services industry. And that's just the start of it. There's a whole pipeline um, of other startups behind it. Yeah, Glendale is really becoming a great community for that. And we're here right in the in the heart of it. I think a lot of people in this area, just like people find downtown LA is their home, 
I think Glendale has a really strong startup community that's that's building. At Untapped, one of our partners is also the city of Burbank, and you know they're working on what they're working on and 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 wanting to to make an impact, especially in media and entertainment where they're strong. Pasadena is really strong with the focus on like the more scientific and technical with Caltech and JPL. Um, and then you have a lot of corporates here, right? You have Disney, you have JPL, like I mentioned, and you have a, a lot of corporates in those three cities. So this is a great area to be in, especially for B2B. And we're working with not just like the early stage startups, but you have a lot of great seed, series A, series B, you know, friends of mine, people I know, a lot of people that are now kind of, you know, the next wave is, is kind of coming through this side of town. And tell us about Untapped. How is Untapped serving the community? What's the experience like being part of Untapped? What kind of companies are you looking to work with? Yeah, definitely. So if we back up a little bit, I can kind of tell you about the origin story. So I had a company called AMI. I grew that. I had an exit in 2018. We were based in downtown LA. We we helped uh, companies go paperless and automate their processes. We provided software and services. It was a great ride, um, but you know, I really wanted to figure out how I could make a bigger impact on the planet, and I wanted to to do more than just you know helping companies like go paperless, if you will. And so I sold the company in 2018. I did a lot of soul searching and discovery, and you know, I'm a big personal development guy. You know, I did you know Tony Robbins, Date with Destiny, and like you know, all this stuff. And I really kind of clarified my personal MTP, uh, Massively Transformative Purpose, which is around um, helping humanity self-actualize. Say it again. So so my MTP, my Massively Transformative Purpose, is to help humanity self-actualize. That is so cool. Yeah. So, and we could talk more about that. I, I love people help. I love helping people find their MTPs in life as well. But yeah, so self-actualize. Like I love breakthroughs. I love transformations. I, I love when you know we, we all face blind spots and difficult moments. And sometimes it's just like a a little insight, a little encouragement, a, a good question that's asked of us. Something simple, not a big thing. Something simple could change the course that we're on. So I get jazzed up about that. I love that. And so, um, so I knew that that's what I wanted to do. And I just didn't know what form it would manifest as and what it ended up manifesting as, as essentially creating Untapped, which as a fund and as a studio to, to fund and found companies that help people self-actualize. So we're not really an impact fund, but you can think of us that way in that, you know, what we invest in is all uh, focused around helping people live their best lives. And in this first incarnation of Untapped, we're more focused at the workplace because that was my lane for close to 20 years was in B2B SaaS. So we're, we're very active investing in building solutions that help people self-actualize and live their best lives at work. So that's kind of future of work, HR tech, you know, corporate wellness, all the things that are really focused around helping companies take better care of their employees, helping people do a better job of figuring out what skills they need to upskill and reskill and get into the right job. And obviously, there's a lot to be done there, right? Like with the pandemic and now the great resignation, and there's just so, you know, hybrid work, remote work. It's an exciting time to be in the field that I'm in because there's a lot of new problems to solve um, and a lot of uh, help that people and companies need and a lot of great founders and, 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 and people out there trying to solve these problems. 
What's the one question we should ask ourselves to find our massively transformative purpose? Yeah, uh, thank you for asking me that. I, I love doing this. So, um, so the massively transformative purpose, I think, is uh, Peter Diamandis and Salim Ishmael. I think the two of them from Singularity University uh, coined this, and there's a you know you could watch some videos and, and things about it, but. I like it because it's a little bit of a step up than like my why or my purpose. There's a little bit more oomph behind it. And the questions that I coach people on to ask is a few things, three questions. And I think this will be great exercise for people that are in this space of trying to figure out how to have the most impact and kind of what their purpose is, is the first two are about taking money off the table, right? So we say, if I gave you a billion dollars, what would you do? Um, and you couldn't spend it on yourself, what would you do? Uh, so that really gets to your, your first answer, like whatever your inkling was, like I'd build baseball fields all around the world to promote baseball. Great. That's clearly your purpose. If that was the first thing that came to mind. And, th- and then the opposite end of that, the polar opposite is if I told you right now that for the rest of your life, you weren't going to be financially successful. So I'm, again, I'm taking money off the table. What would you do? So no matter what, you were going to fail by a financial metric like you you would earn enough to to survive and not like be homeless but um you know you weren't going to have some crazy exit what would you do those two help get money off the table and then if that's not good enough then the third one that i would add that really helps to humanize it is who do you want to be a hero to right if you're going to dedicate the rest of your life to serving one group who do you want to be a hero to is it the villagers in africa is it the homeless in LA? Is it, you know, um, wh- who do you want to be a hero to? Is it like the kids without dads? Like in my case, like, you know, I grew up without a dad. You know, do I want to serve kids that don't have dads? And, you know, um, so those three questions do like will move you uh, light years ahead in terms of like figuring out your purpose, either just confirming that you're doing the right thing or giving you great enlightenment around like what direction you should move forward into. You're from LA, you built your other company in LA and now you're doing Untapped in LA. Why are you choosing LA? I mean, that's a lot of a lot of LA-ness. So you're all in, you're long LA. Why do you think everyone else should be too? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, like you see like people leaving the state and stuff like that, Arizona, Texas, Florida, whatever. And I I would never leave. I I love it here. I mean, besides having the family factor and, you know, you could see behind me, I know the listeners can't see, but you could see behind me, I have like three little boys. And so, you know, having the grandparents nearby is pretty important as well. All of our family is here. Um, So we have our roots here in terms of family, but like, e- even if that wasn't the case, I mean, everything is nearby and, and you know, that so, so if just from a quality of life, let alone the business, uh, the business side of it, um, it's, a, it's a great opportunity. You know, in, in the world that we're in, the, the seed funding, we had like, I think in the first half of 2021, you had like $330 million go into L.A. Uh, seed deals on 116 startups. And that's what that's where we play. We play in pre-seed seed. And SaaS took the lion's share of it. So again, we don't think of LA as SaaS, but SaaS took 44 of the 116 deals, 121 of the 330 million. So that's about one third of all of like LA SoCal deal flow in um, went to SaaS. So 
it's an exciting time to be doing what we're doing, where we're doing it. I'm curious because before we started recording, you had shared that you meditated and uh, you're a proud father and partner and you've built a successful company and now you're building again. How do you do all the things with such calm? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I wouldn't say it's such calm all the time. Um, uh, you know, I think, you know, that's, so, so <clears throat> I said our first incarnation uh, was going to be in the workplace. Uh, our second one will be, you know, so we're, we're kind of pivoting, not pivoting, but adapting our thesis to, you know, helping people self-actualize. It used to be self-actualize at work. And now we're changing that to, you know, live their best lives personally and professionally. So we don't want it just to be around work uh, because I'm a big personal development guy, like I said. And so mental health is really important. You know, my dad died when I was a baby. He was an alcoholic. I never got a chance to meet him. And so, you know, when you kind of grow up without a dad, that can have an effect on you. And so luckily I was introduced to personal development at a young age while I was still in high school. And, and I had to work through and, and I and I got to really love studying the mind and, and neuroscience and uh, performance and things like that. So um, to me, self-actualization is not just a B2B investment. It's a B2C as well. It's probably more of a B2C investment. So, so I'm very passionate about this. Your question was, how do I maintain calm? What I'm, what I'm trying to get at is I don't. Uh, I'm often not calm. And I have to work very hard. And I think this is what makes the, fa the founder journey relatable or it makes me relatable to founders is because as I've launched, launched Untapped a little over a year ago, I've been working founder hours. I've been going through the same ups and downs and the crazy squiggly line of, of startups, right? Like, you know, I had to go raise money. I had to, you know, prove that we can make good investments. And luckily we have. And I had to prove that the venture studio is working and we could come up with our own ideas and we could work with corporates. But a lot of it, I'm just doing things for the first time and, and having self-doubts and imposter syndrome and all those things along the way as um, recent as just like last week, you know, I had one of those like kind of not meltdown, but just, you know, debilitating stress. And I shared candidly with my team during the all hands. I'm like, I am not doing good right now, but I was able to work my way out of it. And I have a number of like methods and things that I do to get myself recentered and just kind of work my way out of it, knowing that it's just in my mind, it's not real. And, it's, and when I can work my way out of it, then I get back to being myself. Like I told my team yesterday, I go, guys, I'm back. You know, sorry that you didn't have me for a week, but I'm back. So I, I think part of what I do is just I'm very transparent and vulnerable about it with my team because I think mental health is so important. We, we invest in the space. So I kind of like I really try to live it. And then I meditate. I meditate multiple times a day to just be able to rebalance and recenter. Um, and I pay a lot of attention to you know, what's happening in my mind. Sorry, I feel like I'm giving you a lot of long-winded answers. Like, I really appreciate your vulnerability a lot. And I also appreciate you sharing that you're a vulnerable leader. I actually, I take the same approach as you. Half the time I think I'm out of my mind or more than half the time that I'm so open with my team that I'm like, I am not okay today or, or I'm great, today. whatever it is, I'm just really radically transparent with my team. And I've asked them before, I'm like, does my radical transparency make you uncomfortable? 
<laughs> you know, because it's so unorthodox. I appreciate hearing that you lead in the same way. And I think it's important. I think more more of us need to do this because we just it's we just do not live in an Instagram photoshopped reality. And more and more people feel like they have to filter their lives in order to present themselves in a certain way in order to be ex accepted, especially in the startup world. So many people don't feel safe saying I'm not having a good day or I'm struggling with this because they feel like they need to look perfect in order to raise money. So here are my questions to you. One, is that true? Do, do venture capitalists need to think that you're perfect in order for a venture capitalist to, to feel confident in investing in that startup? That's question number one. And then I'll, I'll wait <laughs> to ask my other one. So um, I'm glad you asked me that because um, I have strong views about this and, and I want to test this. And, and maybe if some of your listeners want to take me up on this. So like to, to me, the most annoying thing is to get on a pitch, uh, a meeting where the founder just walks through their deck and does the same pitch they've done with everybody else. Um, in my case, generally, me and my team will have read it in advance, like we'll have looked at your pitch deck and we'll be ready with some questions um, and so like, um, but what I really would like those to become, and I, I'm thinking about actually like putting this on our website and saying, this is how we, you know, look at founders that want to invest is just make it more of a coaching meeting, right? So don't come to me painting a rosy picture and trying to put like your, your best dress on, like instead just come to me, tell me like, you know, okay, here's the things that are good. And here's the things that like, I'm not sure about and I need, I need, you know, I need some help on. And if we took the money, here is what I'm a little concerned about. And if you can be authentic and real with me, then I could try to help you. So even if I don't invest, you've at least walked away with something, but, but now you've become more believable to me. And I'm not having to, I could turn my radar off because it's anyway, it's going to be calling like bullshit a lot. And I'm not saying that people live. I think just people are putting a certain front on when they're pitching. Right. And, and now we could just connect and, 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 and then I could see a, and you could see, am I helpful? Am I, do I have good ideas? Am, am I on your level? Did I give good takeaway values? Like, did I make you think about your business in a way that you hadn't thought about that you think is productive? And then I could also see like, were you coachable? And did you go away and implement anything? And you know, in a week or two, do you come back and say, wow, I tried that. I talked to 12 customers and, and blah, blah, blah. Or, or like, that sounded like a good idea, but here's what I learned instead. All, both of which are perfectly fine answers. Because what we look for when we invest is, you know, the founders capabilities, right? Like how they think about their thinking and, and how, what, what the growth is right the delta so from to when i talk to you between this time that i talk to you and the next time how much did not your business grow but how much did you grow right as a means of 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 getting a sense of how quickly is this founder going to learn and grow and to be able to because the business is a reflection of them so how quickly are they going to learn and grow and be able to take their business to the next level so that's kind of what I've been thinking about. So we put on her website, like, hey, pitching us is different than pitching the other VCs. You know, here is the way the meeting is. You're going to come. You're going to tell us your number one challenge. And we're just going to dig right into it. And, and we'll invest off of that, essentially. I mean, obviously, we need to make sure there's a, a business that we believe in and all that. But so recently, I was in the Snapchat boot camp. And I was really surprised we had access to essentially the 
inaccessible investors and uh, venture capitalists and and angels. When the startups had an opportunity to ask a question to these inaccessible people that there's no way you could get a hold of otherwise, they asked, how do I go from from zero to 100? And I'm like, that's the question. Like, you can Google that. <laughs> like, so I, I'd love to ask you, what questions should startups be asking if they have the opportunity to meet with a qualified investor? Yeah, <laughs> so that's, that's a little bit of a loaded question, but the context is what matters, right? So like, I guess, what stage are you talking about? Are you talking about early stage founders in, in the idea stage, or are you talking about startups that are trying to raise money? I'm talking about or, start. Like, give me a little yeah. more context. No, no, total. Okay, so I'm talking about that's a great that's a great framing. I'm talking about startups looking to raise money. So they're out there. They're building. I would say they're past idea stage in the sense that they're taking a lot of action, at least trying to build their prototype, or they're just taking a lot of action. And somehow they were fortunate enough to get themselves into a room with an incredible venture capitalist. That venture capitalist could potentially be like, I love this idea. I want to invest in it, even if they're not directly pitching. What questions should startups be asking that isn't, hey, how do I get from zero to 100? Like, what's a question that startups aren't asking that they should be asking? Let's take it like this, because I I love what you said, and it's very common. So what you said is the startup is past the idea. they're, They're building. They have a prototype. They are now like in front of a great investor. And I don't think it's 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 ironic that what you didn't mention is anything about validation and, you know, customer, like not just traction, but even validation. So like to me, that's the biggest thing. And we teach a lot about this. Um, in addition to investing and building, we do a lot of like teaching and workshops. Like yesterday, I, l- I led a uh, business modeling masterclass. We have playbooks, we have tools, and we really try to help founders kind of provide them the framework. It's like the framework of frameworks, all the things that are working out there and how to do things right. And and definitely with technical founders, this happens where they just get so far down without talking to any, you know, enough customers and sometimes any customers, right? And, and even with business founders, because sometimes they come up with an idea, then they go search for a dev shop, they work with the Indian company, that doesn't work out, then they come locally and it's too expensive, and, you know, and they still haven't really talked to enough customers. So the biggest thing I would tell that founder that you're talking about in this story that we're saying is before you took the meeting with the VC, the question to ask yourself is, what validation do I have, right? Like, and try to get validation. If it's too early to get traction, go get validation. And usually the validation comes from customers and and, and, and validation we usually want as a means. The, the best proxy for that is a pre-sale or a pre-order. In some high ticket enterprise sales, that's not possible, but you, know, you could get a letter of intent or an MOU. Uh, but in B2C examples, it's very easy because you could easily like be at the Santa Monica Pier and get like 10 pre-orders for like your $10 a month subscription to this cool new uh, tool that solves some problem that consumers have, right? So, so that's the biggest thing. And so if you want to increase the odds of conversion of your fundraising, tell investors a validation story and they will be like jumping to write checks. 
because right now it's a hot market and even ideas are being invested on, but that's few and far between. And so, you know, I think prove that you have something worthwhile, that, that you found a problem worth solving and that there's customers that really want this. And then go ask investors, say, hey, I found the problem worth solving. These 24 people told me, 13 of them gave me a pre-order for $100 each. Now I would like $500,000 from you to go build this. And that's a whole different conversation. But, you know, I think founders mistake it and they think that that the way investing works is that I've come up with a great idea. I'm going to go tell the investor they're going to give me money. Then I can go validate. Generally, investors are not looking to give you money for you to go validate your idea. They're looking for you to validate your idea and then come, you know, give you money to go build, build it and build traction with it. And even that that was the case. So with even angels and pre-seed VCs who are looking for some levels of validation. Now, we are in the frothiest, hottest market uh, of all time, possibly. And so that's a little different only because there's some irrational behavior happening. But if we just boil it down to fundamentals, if you want to have good fundamentals and put yourself in the best position, that's what I would say. I would say. I'd say you come up with a great idea, great, you know, go do some basic validation, validate like your riskiest assumptions, you know, validate that this is a problem worth solving and customers want to solve it and they want to solve it with what, what you have in mind. Put that in a couple slides and, and share that story with VCs and they will, trust me, they will want to write you a check. I love that answer. I mean, I, I've always admired Jason Fried with Basecamp 37 Signals because just he he's always said you can't go into a cupcake shop and just take a cupcake for free the cupcake shop will never survive you need to pay for the cupcakes <laughs> and so i just always admired his like practical way to build a business like you need customers and then you can build a business it's not how we live in the tech world half the time in your previous company what would you say was your your most powerful characteristic? Like, what do you think put you over in the top to be able to succeed in that company to get you to a place of acquisition? Uh, that's a good question. Um, we, we were in a, a bloody red ocean competitive market. It was bootstrapped. There was a lot of things that were the opposite of what I'm doing now, which is which was actually by design. I, I was not doing the things that I wanted to do, which was play a big game, be in venture, like be part of fast scale startups, like create markets, you know, untapped markets, right? Our untapped is like a double or triple on Tronda, right? We want untapped founders, untapped markets, but really untapped obviously stands for untapped potential, right? So that goes back to our self-actualization and helping founders find their untapped potential um, if it's true that people are, um, are trying their best, but maybe not living the full version of themselves, that there's more, more to go. But yeah, so I, I think it was in a tough spot and I think it was it felt like a grind at times. I think we built a great culture um, that really helped. And, um, you know, we, you know, I, I think I, it helped me learn leadership and, um, you know, serving the customer and, and things of that nature that, you know, I think a lot of the business fundamentals um, I was in a number of like founder and CEO peer groups and masterminds and all that, which was also very helpful in my journey. And I think makes me very comfortable working with founders now and, and leading founder masterminds and stuff like that on some of the 
ways that we help founders is because that was so instrumental in my journey that, you know, I, I know how important it is for others as well. And how would you find masterminds and, and support groups here in L.A. for all the startups building right now? Yeah, it's a good question. So like the one that I was in was EO. Um, EO is Entrepreneurs Organization. Um, that one's uh, great. It's for uh, businesses with a million dollars in revenue and more. Um, so there's a lot that are under that. So we're, we're kind of planning on, you know, testing out a mastermind that's for um, startups kind of in the pre-seed seed stage, essentially helping in that way where potentially the way we're thinking about it is, you know, I would lead or facilitate a group of 10 startups, 10 founders working on their startups, and it's very intimate, it's very private. And we get to the level of authenticity and vulnerability that you could see that I try to practice just being real. Um, so it's not for show, it's not to try to show off, but it's really to bring um, my my problems and my my needs and get help. And every time we get together, we're adding like exponential value to each other. So they're helping each other. I'm helping, I'm adding value as the facilitator. So that's like one thing we're planning on doing. Um, but other than that, I think in LA, other groups, I'm not sure if I know any other um, tech kind of um, mastermind groups, but if you do, I'd, I'd be, I'd be, I'd love to learn more about it. <laughs> we are LA Tech should facilitate one. Uh, speaking of LA, uh, what uh, if somebody were to land in the LA airport right now to, for specifically for our startup community, what would you suggest that they do to plug in as fast as possible? Well, <laughs> uh, but by the time this airs, this will probably be old news, but you know, Dot LA is doing their big summit next week. Um, we're a community partner. I think you guys are a partner as well, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that would be a great way to plug in, go to Santa Monica, go to the Fairmont and just meet a bunch of people. And I think more and more of those events will be happening. You know, you should probably host one. We'd like to host one on this side of town. Uh, and I think like, I think as things uh, open up, there's going to be more and more of what we've always been used to, like these awesome startup events that are always happening across town and you have great speakers, whether they're awesome founders or awesome VCs or, or whatnot. So I, I think like um, go, going to events is the, a great way to plug in. Of course, there's a lot of events happening online right now. So even before that person got into town, you know, they could, they could find different communities we're trying to create one ourselves, right? Especially for people that are aligned with our mission around like personal growth and living the best lives. And you know, for founders and tech ecosystem community members that are aligned to that purpose and that mission of self-actualization, we're trying to create a community around that. So tell me more about Untap Venture Studio, because you have both. You, uh, you invest early on, but then you also have the studio to help elevate and accelerate founders. So what's that about? And is it just for founders? Yeah, great question. So, you know, we're, we're drawing on some really successful people here in LA, right? You have Idea Lab in Pasadena, Bill Gross. He's like the king. He has 150 startups. He has like 50 exits and IPOs. He holds like more, obviously, unicorns than Elon or anybody else on the planet. He's next door to me in Pasadena. In Santa Monica, you have Mike Jones at Science, and, and they've done a great job. These are both venture studios. Um, and so 
They're like venture funds, except, you know, we come up with our own ideas or we work with founders who have their ideas, but we're providing um, support like a co-founder. So we're providing co-founder level value add in terms of providing our team, our process, our methodology, our network. And that's a pretty important part of our value prop is is that we help founders in that way. We also work with corporates that want to build their ideas. What founders that we invest in through the fund like about that is that we're eating our own dog food as it relates to process and methodology. And, you know, we're like founders ourselves so we can relate on that level. We're not just sitting back kind of like picking horses, as they say. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's a little bit more about our studio. So, George, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten in business? So I think that two best pieces of advice are Ash Maria, the best-selling author of um, Running Lean, Scaling Lean, creator of Lean Stack. We use a lot of his tools and playbooks as we help founders. Um, you know, he talks a lot about love the problem, not your product. And so this whole idea of falling in love with the problem, falling in love with the customer, and that really your business model is your product and your solution is just one part of it. And I think when founders really get that, that's a big breakthrough. And then the other thing from one of my other mentors, Peter Diamandis, is, you know, he talks about if you want to make a billion dollars, solve a billion person problem, right? There's a, there's a lot of big problems that affect a lot of people. And if you're trying to really help people and solve an important problem that affects a lot of people, you're going to be in a position to um, be really successful. So those are two that are at the top of kind of my um, foundations. What restaurant would you recommend we go to in L.A.? Yeah, so uh, I think, you know, my favorite spot, I love sushi. My favorite spot is this place called Seaweed. They opened up in K-Town and now they have a, a location in Glendale by me, which is right down the street. And uh, they have, uh, it, it's a unique spin. They've added their own kind of flavors and uh, touch to to it. Yeah, it's, it's Armenian-owned. I'm Armenian. And so it's interesting to have an Armenian-owned sushi joint. <laughs> that is interesting. Uh, that serves great food and drinks and so it's a it's an awesome family. It's like the mom, the dad, and the two daughters. They all work there, and they're all awesome. So I I would say go to seaweed. Is there a hike and or activity that you recommend? Yeah. So this one might be a little lame. I mean, I, I right by my house is this place called the Glendale Sports Complex, and uh, it's where they have like the baseball and soccer fields and stuff. And there's a hiking trail, only because it's like within walking distance to me. That's where I go. I don't think it's one of LA's like best hiking trails or anything, like best kept secrets or anything like that. But um, I love it. I was just there on Sunday and uh, I take my kids and my wife there and it's just easy and accessible. And it's nice. It, it gets the job done to check off the hike checkbox for the day. How about you? Where do you like to go? So funny. I just like to go into Google Maps wherever I am and just type in hike and like like arrive at some mystery hike and be totally surprised. So, yeah. Oh, okay. So that's yeah, my little fun Because it's just so nice to be out in nature and discover something new. Exactly. It feels like you're traveling in your own city. And who's an LA tech company or founder you've come across lately who's really impressed you? Well, we invested in Topia. Uh, we were one of their early investors in the pre-seed round. Yeah, I know, oddly enough, he was like one of your last guests. I saw that. So Daniel's Daniel's been great. That's an example of a great example, right? So like LA uh, focused on 
future work and providing new and better ways than Zoom for people to create online and have meaningful experiences. We were an early investor at Pre-Seed and then we doubled down at Seed when he attracted Alexis Ohanian from Reddit and Bonfire Ventures and even Kevin Durant, the NBA star. Um, you know, we're investors in Future Loop, which was a company built by um, Peter Diamandis and uh, Eben Pagan, like two of like the world's like best known um, influencers. And yeah, so we're, you know, we're super active and really excited to be part of the local um, ecosystem. And last question is, and it doesn't have to be LA based, what tool like website or mobile app is just your fave? So my fave is the one that uh, we're, we're working on through the studio right now. It's, it's, a, it's called Teamfulness. And it's basically, it's a team meditation app. We talked about meditation earlier. And the whole idea is to help teams meditate together on business topics. Um, so it's not like Calm and Headspace. We're not trying to reduce individual stress. We're really trying to uh, provide teams a new way to um, improve their teamwork, but also access like crazy business insights uh, and problem solving and things that maybe you would have done like on a whiteboard or on Miro. But now we're using meditation, like a multi-thousand year old proven practice of people sitting around and meditating together to reach enlightenment. So we've been using the product internally and um, it has some promising results and we're excited to start sharing that with the world. How can people connect with you? Yeah, definitely. Um, on my LinkedIn, um, Twitter, or if they really felt compelled from something we talked about and uh, want to reach out, it, my email is george at untapped.ventures. So would would love to help support the community in any way possible. And can you share what your Twitter handle is? Sure. It's at George B. I got there early, you know, not early enough to be George, but I got George B, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll include that in the show notes as well. George, thank you so much for hanging out with the We Are Late Tech podcast. Is there anything else you wanted to share that you haven't shared yet? Uh, no, I think, I think we've covered a lot. Like I said, happy to help support you and your community and the audience in, in any way possible. So um, appreciate that. Thanks so much for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech podcast to connect and collaborate with other amazing people in the LA Tech community. Remember to go to wearelatech.com slash community. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Say hello on social at We Are LA Tech on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys, all the things in the next episode. Bye. Bye, guys. Hey guys, it's George Bandarian, founder and general partner at Untapped Ventures, a pre-seed fund and venture studio in Glendale, focused on the future of work. You are listening to We Are LA Tech. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by... Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.